I feel guilty sometimes too. You know, other people in the world are more deserving than me. But here's the thing, if you feel bad about being successful, do you know how much worse you'll feel being a failure? Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I am so excited for you to hear today's episode because I'm sitting down with Jeff Hall. And if ever there was a human being that lived our saying, when good people make good money, they do great things, it is this incredible man. So not only is he one of the most generous people that I have ever met, you're going to hear about that. But his story as to why and how he got into business is remarkable. Now, before we dive into the interview, as you've already heard and seen on social media, I have built what you have asked for. And that is a entry-level mastermind that is called Fast Foundations. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It's giving you all of the foundations that people tend to leave out when they're in the beginning stages of getting their business built and into momentum. It is designed specifically for anybody with a business that has revenue or earnings between fifty dollars and $250,000 a year. If you're an entrepreneur and that's your where you're at right now, then Fast Foundations is the key that will break you through to the next level and, quite honestly, earn your way into my elite mastermind. So if you want to check it out, if you're excited about it, go to fastfoundations.com. Again, go to fastfoundations.com. Check out our new entry-level mastermind for people between fifty dollars and $250,000 a year. It's a freaking game changer. Like I built what I wished existed when I was getting started in business fastfoundations.com. Cannot wait to work with you. Go check it out and sign up. Now, Jeff Hall, talk about a fast start to a company and a sustainable success story to a company. This man has done it all. He started his actually, he started his entrepreneurial journey at the age of seven by buying and reselling candy for a profit. I mean, how cool is that? And you're going to hear in the story as to why. Then he started the business he has now, overflowcafe.com at 15 in order to help his parents avoid eviction. Now, here's the amazing part of the story. That business, overflowcafe.com, still exists today and is thriving. And when I say thriving, I'm not going to share the numbers because I don't have permission to do so. But let's just say, oh my God, this man is a genius and a success story, like to the nth degree all because he was helping his parents avoid eviction at 15 years old. Now, here's the best part. All of this money that he's created, he realized that the only thing that he can do with it that's fulfilling is helping others. He is like addicted to helping others like I am. And he has helped build 14 orphanages worldwide, plus many, 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 many other awesome causes that he has worked with and helped that you are going to hear many stories about. So this this episode... By the way, I left out he's an SEO master. So this episode is going to teach you SEO. 
This teacher is going to, this episode is going to inspire you. This episode is going to light you on fire. This episode will probably change your life and your business forever going forward. Get ready, listen up, because this episode is fire. Jeff, my friend, how you doing? I am great, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on your show. You know what? Totally my pleasure. We were actually just talking on, uh, offline and, and I was saying your PR person who promotes you did a great job. And that kind of shows the value of having a good PR person. He or she was yeah. so responsive and they did such a great job of picturing you know, or, or painting the picture of generosity that you've weaved into your business success story. I cannot wait to have this conversation. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. So um, you had actually mentioned that you've heard the show before. So you know that we start with rapid fire. It's just kind of a fun way to help my listeners get to know you in a hurry. And if there's something really good that comes up, then we can circle back around and do a deep dive. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Starting easy. Where'd you grow up? Grew up in Canada, uh, in Ontario, a town called Malton, um, also called Mississauga. Oh, I know Mississauga, like a suburb of Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife used to go up there for fitness stuff all the time. For some reason, there is so much fitness stuff based in Mississauga. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where do you live now? Yeah, so I'm all I'm in Brampton, which is just north of um, Mississauga. Also familiar with it. I actually probably know yeah. more about that area than most people. Oh, <laughs> we got a lot of good friends up there. I love people up there, and I love oh, the area cool. up there. What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote. Uh, so you miss one hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Mm, is that Jordan? I, you know what, different people, it's been attributed to different people. So I really don't know who, but I've heard it from Wayne Gretzky and and all different, you know, so many different celebrities and sports people. Yeah, it's such a great quote. What's one of your superpowers? One of my superpowers, caring for people. Oh, good one. One of your favorite books. Oh boy, (laughs) I'm a book nerd. So um, there's this book by a singer named Jewel called Never Broken. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, her life journey. And it's, she's a singer. She's phenomenal. And her book is phenomenal. I highly recommend. I actually used to love her. Well, not used to, still like her music. So I'll definitely yeah. check that out. What yeah. is one thing you're challenged by right now? One thing I'm challenged. Only one thing. <laughs> only um, one I thing. Am, I am challenged by so many different things. I'm going to say getting back in shape. Ah, you know what's funny is we all have our different levels of what we want to feel like physically. And that's been a challenge of mine kind of through the yeah. holidays and birthdays we've been having lately here too. So I, I got to double down and get serious on that. Okay, a couple yeah, me more, too. right? I know. This this time of year, it makes it tough. A couple more for you. Who's someone who's changed your life? Oh, I adopted a, a little girl uh, six years ago. She's totally changed my life. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments thus far? Hmm, I think um, my favorite, I have fostered 15 children. Wow, what a remarkable human being you are. Cannot wait to talk about some of that. Two more, what is something generous you've done recently? Recently, hmm. Um, Oh, uh, well, my foster kids and I, we uh, purchased, uh, we cleared out a couple of uh, stores and uh, we took all the items to a local, uh, it's like a homeless outreach uh, type place in downtown Brampton. And we just left everything there around their Christmas tree for them. Wow. Okay, Jeff, you and I totally share the same ethos. I love this. So last question, what are you grateful for today? 
Oh, I'm just, I'm so great. I live in a great country. I have so many opportunities to do the things that I like. And I try, you know, I can't help everybody, but I try my best. Um, so I'm just grateful for the, for just to have opportunities because I know other people in other countries uh, who, ha- who live other lives, they, they don't have an opportunity to even have an opportunity. Mm. They're stuck in a situation and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not there anymore. So well said. Okay, so let's go a little bit deeper now because you haven't always had this ability to help on the level that you're helping. And when yeah. I was doing some research on you, I came across some remarkable accounts of you starting your own business, starting your own entrepreneurial journey, so to speak. One of them said at the age of seven, another account yeah. said at the age of 15, but both of them yeah. kind of summarized it in order to save your family from eviction. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I did start, I started my first real business at the age of 15, but I started working when I was seven. So we were, we came to Canada from South America. We were, uh, my parents were not great with managing money. Um, so even though they were employed full time, they were, everything they earned, they spent on nonsense. And so I was the one that felt the the consequences of that. So there was never money for the basic necessities of life, there was never any money for schooling. Wow. So school trips and stuff like that. So I started you know, doing these little entrepreneurial ventures and uh, trying to earn a little bit of money so that I can just do my own stuff and, and live. And I, I, you know, teachers were always upset with me because I, I didn't want to embarrass my, my parents and say, well, we can't afford this school trip, you know, $5 for a school trip. So I would earn the money and, and um, you know, I don't recommend this, but forge my parents' signature on the permission slip and then go on the school trip when I was <laughs> in, gra- in grade school. But it was a lot better than, you know, the teachers being angry with me because uh, I couldn't go on any trips. And uh, when I was 15, you know, unfortunately, they still had not learned and they had gotten into so much financial trouble and I needed to earn a huge sum of money. I don't even remember how much anymore, but it was to avoid eviction. And I managed to do it. I'm still running that same company to this day. No way. Yeah. That's incredible. What company is that? It's called Overflow Cafe and we do search engine optimization. Oh yeah. Okay, great. I cannot wait to get into that company because you are an expert in that area and I am a total you know, weakness in that area. So we're definitely going to go there later. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about your, your parents. Um, you said they mismanaged their money growing up yeah. and that's how they ended up in this really tough situation. How did that carry over for you as an adult? Because typically it goes one of two ways. You either adopt those habits or you go, you know, the pendulum swings way the other way and you avoid them like the plague. Yeah, I really, really, I mean, I'm using, I have an accountant that, uh, and a bookkeeper who takes care of every financial transaction that I do. Uh, then I also use QuickBooks so that I can you know, keep an eye. And I still, I'm old fashioned, so I still use Excel sheets as well. So I've got like three layers of, 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 of uh, protection uh, when it comes to finances. I'm keeping track of my income. I'm keeping track of my expenses. I, ha- I make a lot of money, but I, I live within a budget and I make sure that um, I control my money as much as possible so that I can, you know, be generous with it and enjoy it. But also, I don't want to ever run into those kinds of problems that uh, my parents had. When you were a young adult and you, you know, 
decided to start managing your money like this? Did it come from a place of fear? Like I had to protect it with all these systems or did it come from a place of knowing that you might have the same tendencies as them? And so these are the stop gaps to stopping, stop you from mismanaging it. Yeah, it was, um, I, I feel like it was frustration. It was out of frustration because uh, it was like they were earning money. They were earning money and then they, you know, it would all be gone. And I'd say, well, I need $5. The school trip costs $5. You know, like, come on, I could get, and I was, you know, I was seven years old. I was earning like $40 a week. So I'm buying candy from the candy store and then selling, reselling the candy at school. And how did I get my startup capital? I walked around and, and on the ground, I picked up pennies and nickels and dimes. And if I was lucky, quarters. And I got up the, the money to buy a, a pack of gum. And then I split it up. I sold it. it and I'm wondering, why, why are my parents unable to do this stuff? And, and I was. I can't imagine building <laughs> that level of resourcefulness, those muscles as a kid. I mean, no wonder you're successful now. That's really cool. So you had the entrepreneurial bug like from day one, basically. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking with this discussion about money and, and you know growing up in a situation where your parents were broke, gainfully employed, but broke. You know, now you live a very successful life. How did you view money growing up versus how do you view money now? It's a little bit different when you're in this desperate situation to obtain um, like a reliable income stream. And then once you have that reliable income stream, it becomes, what do I do with it? Because the, you know there was this stage where um, I wanted to catch up to all the stuff that I had missed out on when I was younger. So you know, I bought every, you know, every toy that uh, um, a man can buy. Um, and then after that, it was like, okay, now what? <laughs> you know, like I, I, and I'm a minimalist, so I, I didn't, I didn't like that. I don't like that. I'm not into like luxury goods and stuff like that. So the money keeps coming in, and I want to make good use of it. I want it to not just be sitting around. I want it to be active and uh, helping people and 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 doing things. It's remarkable that you tell that story. I, I teach this all the time. Like, don't be ashamed if at first you're listening to this podcast right now and you're saying, wait, there's not a cause I don't care about or a cause isn't motivating me. I really just want a nice car or a nice house or a nice watch or a nice whatever. If that's what gets the machine up and running, that then prints the money that the, you then use for good later when you realize those things are nice, but they're really not very fulfilling, yeah. then so be it. Like, if that's your carrot right now, that is okay. Embrace it. And that sounds yeah. like that's kind of what happened for you. Oh yeah, you're and you're a hundred percent right. Like whatever your motivating factor is, just use it to get you to that next level. And yeah, you know, at first it was like, oh, I have to pay bills. <laughs> I'm a small child, and I have to pay bills, and uh, and that was that. That was fine. And um, you know, when I was younger, it was a lot of um, it was fun because I had unlimited energy, physical energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, not not so much, not so much with that anymore. I just had a Red Bull before we got on this call. <laughs> but um, you know, you you use what you have, yeah. use what you have to motivate you. Everything, whether it's even if it's negative, that could be uh, very motivating as well. Oh, I love that. Okay, so 
You stand for generosity. I love everything that you are now doing with this, quote, money printing machine that you've developed. But before we get into that generosity piece, I really want to talk some business. I, yeah. Because it'd be a shame to not talk business with you. You are one of the leading SEO experts. Is that a, the best way to put it, SEO expert? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And on your site, and by the way, I said it earlier, SEO is like such a foreign thing to me that I haven't even bothered to spend time and money on it. And it, yeah. talk about like, how silly is that, by the way, just so I can raise my hand so other people can realize that you know this happens to everybody. When you're yeah. unfamiliar oh, yeah. with something, you kind of just shove it in a closet. You say, eh, I'll, I'll deal with that later. Yet I'm probably yeah. missing out on so many listens and views and dollars and everything else by shoving it in the closet. So I'm, that's why I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So you claim on your site that you can get people ranked number one on Google for their product yeah. or service. And one of the reasons I've never checked into this is I feel like I see that same claim a lot. And in my mind, I say, wait a minute, there's only just so many number one spots on the first page of Google. So what's the catch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there are catches. So uh, before uh, a client signs up with us, uh, actually during the sign up process, we say stop. We want you to go read our frequently asked questions. Uh, it's about 10 pages, (laughs) but we want them to read it because we explain that we cannot help everybody. And there are various factors involved, uh, like you've mentioned, like competitors who also want to rank number one for their products and services. And there's so many different factors. So, um, you know, you have to have a good business. You know, you have to be a business person. Sometimes someone is, you know, they're, they love to, paint and they say, oh, I'll start my own art business Mm, or I'm a good electrician. I'll start my own contracting company Mm, (laughs) might not be a great idea. So business is not for everybody, but um, you know, we're not able to help everybody. I think we've got about a 6% failure rate, which is still good, but you know, there is a failure rate in the industry. I wanted to touch on the other thing you said, Chris, you've heard this claim a lot by a lot of companies Mm -hmm. and SEO can be, the industry is so shady. There's so many people out there on social media and on the internet that make these claims. So you have to really do your research. Are they saying that you can be number one? We tell people 12 months is the minimum time frame. Why? Because when you, you go to Google and you read through their documentation about search engine optimization, they say 12 months is a good time frame, nothing less. And in fact, they're now leaning towards more. Um, some Google employees are saying 24 months. Now, if you go to an SEO company and they say, oh, we'll get you to number one in one month or, or, or anything less than 12 months, that could be bad business for you. Mm, so you got to play the long game with this. Otherwise, yeah, it's a red absolutely. flag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody could. You go to Instagram or Facebook, there's all these motivational videos. Oh, you could get, you know, there's some guy driving in a Lamborghini or Rolls Royce. And, you know, oh, yeah, you know, within two months or three months, you can get rich and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) SEO is the same thing. Might as well be the same, uh, you know, Instagram tile, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what is a, what's an SEO hack or two that you guys use that makes you different from everybody else? You know, it's not really so much that we're different than than everybody else. There's a um, there's a bunch of really great SEO companies out there, and we're one of the good ones. There's a lot more, probably ten times more, that are really bad. They're f- sort of fly by night, 
Um, they do things that Google does not approve of. And then you end up getting in big trouble. And so we have people who come to us and they say, look, we went with this you know, overseas person and we paid them this money and our rankings went up really fast. And then we've been banned by Google. And then we end up spending six months to a year cleaning up the mess of the last SEO company. Mm. And so there's there's a lot of science that goes into it. And Google publishes hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of pages about SEO. And, you know, we, our team, we go through it word for word. And we make sure that your website lines up with everything that Google loves. And we make sure that if there's something that Google doesn't like, we make sure that you're not doing it. So you always remain on their good side. And so there's all kinds of stuff that we do that, you know, audits and keyword tracking and keyword suggestions and backlinks. And there's so many different factors involved in ranking a website, over 200, in fact. So we want to make sure that you're winning in all of those factors. So let's paint the obvious picture for people real quick here. The reason that one would invest in this is you have a product or service to offer. People Google those keywords. You're, you show up on the first page if you do this correctly and long enough. And of course, that gives you the, the first shot at earning their business. It's that simple, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know the, the traffic, the amount of traffic you get is dependent on how many people are searching for whatever it is you offer. So, you know, if you're, we had a client who sells luxury playhouses. So like $100,000 and up for a tree house or a, a dollhouse, a playhouse for your, for your very spoiled children. Well, there aren't a million people a month that are searching for that in Google. It's actually just like less than 100 people searching for that in Google. So we made him number one. And he got all of those searches, but it wasn't a huge number of searches. But he, you know, he was getting as much. He was getting the maximum amount of searches. We have other clients who come to us, and they're, you know, they are a dog walker in a city, or they're a real estate agent, or there's something that gets hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of monthly searches, and we make sure that. You know, they get the maximum number of clicks to their website. We also want to make sure that they convert, you know, because if you're not converting any of those visitors into customers or listeners or clients or something, then you're also, again, that's a waste. So we want to make sure you've got a good, healthy conversion rate. Okay, Jeff, let's use me as a guinea pig here um, yeah. because it's a glaring weakness. If I, my, my entire purpose is this to help people with their money mindset. And to help yeah. entrepreneurs in by you know helping them with business coaching, so yeah. if those are my two objectives, and the way I reach people is this podcast, which is hosted on a site, what would you do with a guy like me? Yeah, so for something you sort of fall in a little bit of a gray area. So you're not selling a product; you're selling a service, and so you'd be one of those guys that would have to create a support ticket with us, and we would do a couple of hours of research on who your audience is, what they're typing into Google, um, what that search volume is, um, where these people are coming from. And then we would provide you with a list. Okay, here's the top 10 
phrases your potential clients are typing into Google. Here's what we need to plug into your website and what we need to track. And then we would go step by step from there. We handle all of it. There's really, it's like you sign up and let us do the work. Read our emails if you can and log into your account like at least once a month so that you see, <laughs> you know, what's going on, you know, the reports and so on. So um, we have AI, like we have artificial intelligence that that really uh, does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. And then we interact with the AI and we interact with you as a customer. And every website is so different that there and there's so many, like literally thousands of factors involved. So we would say, okay, Chris, you need to do this. Okay, Chris, you're going to need to do that move this around and these little changes that you do one by one and it's really simple stuff you'll notice oh my rankings just went up oh traffic just went up oh listeners in in your case right because you're looking for the podcast listeners and mm-hmm. or people signing up for business coaching and things like that oh i'm getting more emails getting more inquiries and so on and so forth and that should lead to you know a lot more revenue for you eventually it is a a process. It's it's a long-term process. I'm all about playing the long game. I know the best things come from playing the long game. And yeah. I feel like this conversation is meant to be, I'm literally being sold here live on the air, <laughs> which is really cool. Like people actually get to see my, you know, one of my weaknesses and then how you would fill those gaps. So the obvious question then is, is it cost prohibitive? Uh, no. So because we're using AI now, it's $29 a month. Um, so that's it's a it's a flat fee. If we need to do something outside of the scope of SEO, like if your web your website doesn't need it, but if you needed some uh, a total website redevelopment, we would say okay, you need to redevelop your website. If you can't do that, like if you don't have the skill set. We would then recommend you to somebody, you know, someone that we work with that would do that for you, but it would be at whatever price they charge. So, you know, half of our clients, they'll just do the website changes themselves. And then the other half, they'll go and they'll hire someone. We have a small percentage that they can't afford to do either, and they just leave their website as is, which isn't the best position to be in because we have some clients who they haven't updated their website in like 10 years. Oh, geez. And and their website is so out of date that it's a real struggle. It's a real struggle for us. But $29 covers you if there's some really special stuff. Like for example, if uh, like I said before, if you went with another SEO firm before that was shady and they got you banned from Google because they did bad stuff and you come to us, you know, we are in order to get you unbanned, we do have to charge a a lot more money because, you know, there's a lot of legwork involved to get you back into Google. But $29 is what 99% of our customers pay. Okay. My business mind is turning now. Could I take it as granular as not just getting for the love of money website and podcast a lot more eyes? Could I take it as granular as individual efforts promoting certain episodes like this one? I would want to you know, promote it to the keywords SEO and, and that kind of thing so that I'm really driving lots of eyes to each episode. Well, because one account uh, carries one website and all of the content of that website. So 
we would have to get like a, a top level domain name. Um, we wouldn't be able to do like, and then every we would automatically promote everything within your website, which would be all of those podcast episodes. You wouldn't be able to sign up and give us a URL, like a direct URL to a single podcast because the URL either might be too long or it'll be an internal page. Uh, our system would end up rejecting it. Mm, that makes sense. But 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 also, you could tell our AI to focus specifically on one page and it will actually focus on that. We tell people not to do that. It's a very advanced thing. And then you you never know what ends up happening in the future. You're banking on like promoting one podcast versus what I would tell you, and I've got a lot of experience, I would say, let's just promote them all um, since they're all on your on your website. And once you find one that's really gaining traction organically, let's scale up on that one. Mm, that makes sense. That is awesome. Okay, I'm two feet in. I can't wait to talk offline about doing this. $29 a month, that's it. Other yeah. than those individual situations you talked about. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So why wouldn't everyone be doing this? I, I got to be yeah. honest, I thought this was going to be a couple grand a month. And that's... Yeah. yeah. And you know, then the difference being like, okay, so the, the people who do charge a couple grand, they're doing only one thing different from us. And that is they're writing content for you. Um, and I'm so against that. I'm totally against that because they're writing like blog posts. They're writing your about us page. You're right. They're writing your contact us page. And you know the reason they need to charge that much money is because that takes time. That takes time. Um, and you, as a business owner, should be doing that. You need to write your own about us page. I mean, you have, Chris. You have, but there's a lot of businesses that they throw money at it. Mm. You know, they've got money and they throw money at SEO. It's like, no, don't do that. Then you're not. You're too detached from your business. And yeah, maybe you'll get some really good quick results and then it fades really quickly and it's not worth the money long term. You want to start with something low cost and then you want to scale up based on things that work. Like we have clients who come to us and they're like, oh, we have 25 different products on our website. And we're like, okay, well, sign up. We'll see what which one of your products gains traction in Google and which don't. And you know they'll find out, oh, maybe one out of 25 or one out of 100 products is really ranking well and selling really well. And we say, okay, here's what you should do. Forget those other products and focus on being the king of that one product. And, and they end up doing that and they end up making a fortune off of that one product. Because, I mean, because they dominate search results for it. That is so genius. Okay. I could go down the rabbit hole doing this all day, but I actually want to switch gears because one of the most important things we talk about here is generosity, right? When good people make good money, they do great things. And one of the reasons I was excited to talk to you is you live this like, like no other. You've built 14 orphanages worldwide so far. Congratulations, by the way. I mean, that is an epic feat. You know, when you're answering the rapid fire questions before you you talked about some other acts of generosity you've been doing. Where did this generous gene, so to speak, come from? I really like helping people. Um, I remember the dire straits that I was in when I was younger. And it was a situation where, you know, we were earning money and I was underweight. 
And uh, I remember our family doctor being so frustrated because he'd be like, you know, you're, you're so skinny. And my parents would, would jump in and say, oh, yeah, he doesn't eat. He doesn't eat. And I'm like, doesn't eat. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'd eat if there was food. <laughs> yeah, I love eating, but there's no food. And so, you know, it was, you know, food is one thing that I spend an absolute fortune on. Um, I think, um, oh my goodness, I think this year, I think so far I've spent $20,000 just taking people um, you know, people who are not related, not including friends and family, just like, hey, can I take you out to dinner? Wow. And just like get a group of 10, 15, 20 people and we go to, you know, some some restaurant. It could be like Pizza Hut, it could be, you know, Moxie's or something like that, and just get a really great meal and talk and and you know, be friends with strangers. So I spend a lot of money on food. And um, I, you know, kind of frustrate my accountant with that <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and and stuff along those lines. I just love helping people. I love the fact that I have an opportunity to pursue things that I want to pursue. And if I, you know, like I said, I can't help. Ever. There's some people who cannot be helped. And, you know, you sort of learn about that after the fact, but uh, I love helping people if I can. That's a really tough line to walk when you realize that, you know, giving somebody help isn't going to fix their situation. It might actually just, unfortunately, empower that situation in the wrong direction. How oh, yeah. do you make that decision when you're faced with it? Because it's tough. Oh, you wouldn't believe the younger, messages I get, like on Instagram, and their heart. You know, they tug at the heart, but you can't yeah. help everybody. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's some people who. I mean, I, I'm one of those guys, I, I learned the hard way. I really learned the hard way. Like I'll be thousands of dollars into helping someone. And then I'm like, oh no, mm. <laughs> this whole thing has been a trick. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm a little bit faster now. You know, if you have to cut people off, it's a good thing because then you can help more people that that can be helped. And I that's for both your business life and your personal life. Uh, we cancel client accounts these days. If they're impossible to deal with, if we can't help them for one reason or another because of us or because of them, we part ways as peacefully as we can. In my personal life, if I have people who I'm like, wow, you're really sucking the life out of me and you are not looking for help, you're just looking for uh, someone to suck the life out of, then I, I cut them off. That's fascinating and important for people to realize. Because you cannot just drag people along and you cannot let people abuse your giving heart either, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. why? Oh, there's always somebody. <laughs> there's always there someone is. who wants to. There yeah. is. Tell us about these orphanages. Why 14 orphanages so far? Yeah, it started with one. Um, so it was, in, um, it, was, it was in the Ukraine. I can't remember what city anymore. So basically what happened was I was, uh, I was at church. It was Sunday night. This was, uh, I think, the year 2000, or it could have been 2001, early in the year. Um, is wintertime. And, um, you know, this, this guy came and he's like, yeah, you know, we're, I just wanted to show you this orphanage that we're building. And here's the photographs of the kids. And they eat, you know, their meal consists of cabbage for breakfast and then nothing for lunch and then cabbage for dinner. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, I used to eat rice 
for breakfast and then rice for dinner. Oh, so it resonated <laughs> for, with you. For, yeah, for years and years. And I hate it. And like now these kids are, you know, these kids are in that same situation. And uh, I said, okay, well, if I could help this guy, and then one orphanage there turned into two, turned into three, met some friends, some people who came out of the Rwandan uh, genocide that happened in the 90s. They live in Canada, these twin sisters. And, um, you know, I heard their story and they like to go back every summer to Rwanda. And there's so many children that were displaced. Um, and even, you know, even though it's been a long time since that happened, it's it's been a struggle for the country to get back on its feet. And they said, you know, we would love if somebody would like uh, pay for an orphanage and we have people who can be the uh, mother and father and adopt these children and and just take care of them and so on. And I said, yeah, okay, well, I'll do that. I'll, you know, I can't, I'll, I'll pay. And so we did um, year after year after year, just one and then another and another and another and, uh, and so on and so forth. And then uh, a friend that uh, wanted to go to Peru uh, for, I think a year and a half and said, you know, the biggest need is to take care of children and, you know, orphanages are really easy to to pop up. And typically in countries like that, the governments don't mind, like they're very supportive. If you you'll build a safe home and you'll keep the kids in a safe place, they're off the street, they're eating. If possible, they're getting an education. And then, you know, we take care of school supplies and medicine and things along those lines uh, financially. And then I'm uh, closely connected to the people who are actually on the ground, you know, they're Canadian citizens or American citizens that I'm friends with that uh, actually live in those countries almost full time. And they'll really take care of the logistics of everything. That is so remarkable. I mean, building any structures is, you know, overseas, there's a lot of challenges, let's call it. Oh, yeah. So I know it's not as easy as, as you're making it sound just, well, you know, yeah. found the, the kids, they had a need. So we built an orphanage and built another, built another. What's one of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome that you pushed through anyways, because dang it, it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, so in South Sudan, we used to do this thing where we would, uh, for 100 American dollars, you could purchase a person who is a slave. Um, slavery is alive and well today. Uh, I think the United Nations says that there's at least 75 million slaves. What? Um, yeah, and possibly they've published different reports that say maybe upwards of 150 million. Um, they're actual slaves, like people who are legit, like everything you think about slavery today, is it's happening. Oh. Um, more than half of those slaves are under the age of 18, and it's a, it's a, it's slavery. It's forced labor. They're, they work seven days a week, usually 12 hours a day from sun up to sundown and, um, you know, doing all kinds of different slave labor in, in many countries all over the world. So I had this opportunity where I could uh, purchase a slave for 100 American dollars each. And so um, the challenge your question was, what was one of the challenges? Mm-hmm. The challenge was we would go in and buy all these slaves and we'd set them free. And so we thought, okay, hooray, success. Oh, no, yeah. What we didn't realize was as soon as you set them free, the slave masters would then recapture them. And the slave masters had guns, right? And so they were able, and then the slaves, of course, didn't. A lot of them had not even any clothing. 
you know, shoes or clothing. So they had no way to defend themselves and they'd be free for a couple of days and then they'd be slaves again. So when our team would go back the next year, it's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> we know you. Why, what was going on? We're, but we, were, we ended up repurchasing the same people over and over again. And it was just extremely frustrating for, you know, for everybody involved. And I can only imagine how disheartening it was for the actual people in South Sudan being recaptured over and over. We did manage to permanently free over 900 people. And you know, then they in turn try their best to help other people escape far away enough that they can't be recaptured and so on. It's a, the other countries in the world are so tough and slavery is actually growing numerically. It is growing every single day. It's a horrible problem. I can't even fathom that. That absolutely blows my mind. You're such a remarkable human for doing that. Do you have a a goal? Do you have a big audacious giving goal coming up? What does your giving look like? You know, in the future. Yeah, I man, I don't know. I I I don't really. I don't really know. I don't have an answer for yeah. that question. I, I sometimes I'm like I have this fantasy. To to you know do things on an even bigger scale, but then we run into troubles like what I've just you know touched on, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> let me just keep doing what I'm doing, and you know one day at a time, you know we've we've built orphanages and and then a flood would wipe them away, and and then we've got to you know restart like the 14 that I helped to build. It's 14, but you know some of them we've rebuilt two or three times, and so it's like. It's tough just to even maintain. Overall, it's a big success story because the kids grow up like in, uh, you know, from the Ukraine, all those kids in the photographs, they're all adults now, of course. And many of them have gone to school, some have gone to college, and they're all helping to take care of uh, orphans in one way or another, either by working in the orphanage full time for free or wherever they are in the world. Helping children, you know, who are in need. Can't imagine how that makes you feel seeing that. Yeah, and that, and I think I guess maybe in that sense, I could answer your question. That my my goal is to see every all of those things, those uh, charitable ventures scale and become sustainable. Because it's you know it's one thing to be constantly supporting a project, and another thing to see a project support itself. And that's done through the people by saying, look, let me empower you for five or 10 years. And then when you're old enough, you, you know, you're going to be powerful enough to then sustain yourself and then sustain one other person. And then everything scales up sustainably that way. That's a really important lesson that people don't realize. And you know, I've learned it through all the work I'm doing with Pencils of Promise. It's not as easy as here's a check, build a structure, walk away. There is yeah. so much in terms of empowering the community to maintain it and take care of yeah. it and sustain it. And that's the side of giving that people don't realize until they actually get deep into it. Yeah, yeah. So do you have an all-time favorite moment of giving? I mean, in any form, big or small, that just stands out to you? I, I don't have like an all-time favorite. I just like the the little... I, I love hearing uh, people talk about their life changed. I love it because I feel like it's the ultimate revenge, you know, in when people have 
hurt you or people have done something to you or if you've, you've just uh, grown up in a horrible situation, you really defeated life. You've really defeated circumstance when you are happy with the change that you have. You know, you were living a certain way and now you're living a different way. And, you know, for some people, it's, they have, you know, they're still poor. Like financially, they're still poor, you know, in comparison to, to the rest of us. But they're so happy, you know, and they were miserable before, of course, which is to be expected. And they're, you know, they give their, their story and they say, well, I'm so, I feel a sense of freedom and I have opportunity and I have hope for the future. And I think, wow, that is, no amount of money can buy that. So this is, it's just fantastic. Mm, I love that. So here's what's really interesting. Of all the SEO people out there, you had said something earlier. You said, there's a lot of bad actors. That goes for every industry. Yeah. What automatically makes me, and this is just a great way to put a bow on this, what automatically makes me want to invest in your services is not because of the results that you have said you've gotten. It's because of how you live your life and what you do with your success automatically shows me that you're also going to show up that way in our business relationship. And I just hope that people understand you want a bigger business. You want more clients. You want easier yeses. Show up big outside of business with a giving heart because then by default, people are going to say, hey, that's the kind of guy I know will treat me right in business. Yeah. So I can't wait to work with you. So where can people work with you? Where can they find you? Where should we be following you? All that good stuff. Yeah, sure. Uh, So overflowcafe.com is the perfect starting point. And then all the social media is uh, down in the footer. We're active on Instagram. We're active on Twitter uh, at Overflow Cafe. We're starting to get more active on YouTube. Oh, if you're into Kickstarter, my Kickstarter link is down there. Uh, Our company has supported more than, let me see, more than 250 Kickstarter projects so far. That's awesome. Yeah, we yeah we love it. Oh, there's so many cool inventions uh, that should exist, <laughs> um, and so um, yeah, to take a look, you could click and see every single project we've uh, we've worked on. Um, I think we, yeah, we've been on there for what eight years, eight or nine years now. Uh, Kiva, there's uh, there, there's a bunch of links in our footer, so check us out. And if you do need SEO, reach out to us. We are uh, a wonderful team of super nerds, and you know, like I said, we we can't help every single website, but we will do the best we can for everybody. Oh man! Okay, well, you've got a new customer here, that's for sure. Both Lori's site, my site, and, and anything else that we do. So we'll talk offline about that. Last question for you, and that is this: Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success or wealth? You have to go after what you want. You're going to feel so, you know, okay. I feel guilty sometimes too. I feel guilty. Oh, you know, I, you know, other people in the world are more deserving than me. But here's the thing. If you feel bad about being successful, do you know how much worse you'll feel being a failure? So be, be, you're going to feel bad, be successful. Like if you're going to feel bad, be successful and feel bad. You know, it's a, it's a, I don't know, maybe I've answered you um, the wrong way. No, that is so good. That makes so much yeah. sense, actually. Like, listen, either yeah. way, you're going to, either way, you're going to have some pain. Make it the pain yeah. that brings success along with it. Yeah. 
God, that's so yeah. good. That's almost like, you know, Lori and I teach all the time, like, listen, you're either going to be tired from being broke or tired from getting rich. So choose ah, your tired. yes. And it's the yes. same thing as what you're just saying. Yeah. I love that. Great answer. Great interview. Great value. Jeff, you're a hell of a guy. And, and I'm just grateful that there are humans like you in this world that show up big in business so that they can then show up big in generosity. And I hope that this episode you know, definitely serves you in terms of customers, but more importantly, serves everybody else in terms of inspiration on how to live once you've made it. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.